Hi, welcome to Healthcare's Missing Logic Podcast, episode 111. Today we have a very special guest, Dr. Katie Elliott. Now, when Tracy and I coach healthcare leaders on well being and caring for themselves, they often want to know how to improve their eating habits so that they can have more well being. Well, today we went to the expert. She is delightful and she is very informative, and you're going to enjoy this episode. So stay tuned. Welcome back to Healthcare's Missing Logic Podcast. This is the only podcast that shows you how to leverage polarity intelligence, an essential competency for healthcare leaders and the missing logic in healthcare, so you can create healthy healing organizations and become a thriving, resilient, and unstoppable healthcare leader. We are your hosts, Tracy Christofferson and Michelle Troset. We've been best friends and colleagues for over 30 years. And during that time, we coached healthcare leaders across North America around how to create healthy healing organizations. Today, we coach healthcare leaders and leadership teams to live thriving, resilient, and balanced lives, combat burnout, and create the best places to give and receive care. This podcast is for the unsung hero of healthcare, the healthcare leader. We want you to know we see you and we'll be here for you each week. In this podcast, we're going to challenge healthcare's industry norms, flip limiting beliefs, and share proven strategies so you can be your best self at working at home, live and lead intentionally, and experience well-being and joy. We are glad you are here and look forward to sharing the journey with you. If you aren't totally convinced this podcast is for you, just listen to a few episodes and convince yourself. Welcome to another episode of Healthcare's Missing Logic Podcast. This is Tracy. And Michelle. And we're back on the airways with another incredible guest. Yes, second time around, Dr. Katie Elliott. (laughs) I like those repeaters. I do too. And you know what? She wants to come back again. So we must be doing something right, Tracy. (laughs) Yeah, well, and she's got so much to share, right? I I know, I know. that's, That's the thing. She's just so much fun and energetic and... You know, when you're talking about nutrition, <laughs> that's really something, right? <clears throat> Very yeah. Passionate. Yeah. So if you missed our first podcast with uh, Dr. Katie Elliott, it was episode number 36. And we talked about burnout through a nutrition's eyes back then. And this time we talked about well-being and what a great role model she is. And she just gave us an episode packed full of great tips. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. And in just a delightful way. Imagine yes. that. Yeah. And I mean, one of the reasons we have her on is because, you know, healthy eating, healthy nutrition, healthy diet, whatever word you want to choose is something that a lot of people, um, you know, want to have, you know, Mm -hmm. especially the individuals that we coach in our coaching programs that's Mm -hmm. high on the list of, you know, aspirations and actions that they want to take in their lives to have a more balanced life. And so that was why we asked Katie. She, She knows all about it. She sure does. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So how about we introduce you to Katie? And uh, Dr. Katie Elliott is an assistant professor in the Department of Nutrition Sciences at the University of Oklahoma Health Sciences Center. Dr. Elliott's primary area of teaching and research is in the area of interprofessional education and collaborative practice. She has published and presented nationally on interprofessional education topics, ranging from course development to student learning assessment. 
Her current research projects include the development of interprofessional competencies for the management and prevention of obesity and a multi-institution study to evaluate interprofessional pedagogy for entry-level learners. As an advocate for the profession of nutrition and dietetics, Dr. Elliott is highly involved in leadership at the national level. She currently serves as the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics representative to both the National Academy of Medicine Global Forum on Health Professions Education and the Interprofessional Education Collaborative. She's also the chair of the Interprofessional Education Committee for the Nutrition and Dietetics Educators and Preceptors Council. Her most recent honors include receiving the Outstanding Dietitian of the Year Award in 2016 from the Missouri Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, the Outstanding Dietetics Educator Award from the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics in 2016, and the James H. Korn Scholarship of Teaching and Learning Award from the Center for Transformative Teaching and Learning at St. Louis University in 2019. Such an accomplished person such a lovely lady. And we just really enjoyed this. So without further ado, here's Dr. Katie Elliott. Well, welcome back to the podcast, Katie. It's so great to see you again. Oh my goodness. Thank you for having me. You know, I've been really excited about today. Yeah, us too. (laughs) Very excited. Yes. Well, we, and we just have to say welcome back from vacation. That is so awesome. And, you know, good for you walking the talk and living that work-life balance. And there's nothing better than getting away with family and taking that time out for vacation. And so we want to know, and so will our listeners, where did you go? And we want to know what was the healthiest thing you put in your mouth and maybe the most outrageous thing, because Tracy and I, we kind of practice off normal limits during vacation sometimes. <laughs> Good. And you should. Um, so my family, we were in our motor home. We drove it to uh, the beach in Northwest Florida. Uh, we stayed at a, a state park, Grayton Beach. It was rated the number one beach in the U.S. last year. So white sands and just a beautiful ocean. And one of the great things that our family loves about being uh, close to the beach is the seafood. So we had, so as far as healthy, and I'm going to talk about omega-3s today, but our, we had great salmon, we had great fish and shrimp and everything. But as far as the most outrageous, now you guys might not think this is outrageous, but for the dietitian, this is outrageous. I literally had key lime pie every single night. But (laughs) the best part is that we made a rule for our family that everybody had to be like ready for bed and all sit down together and enjoy our key lime pie together. So uh, that was really the thing that I do is make sure that we're really enjoying our food together. And so actually, we're gonna talk about a little bit of that today as we uh, talk about our topic. Great. Oh, I love key lime pie. Sounds Uh, great. Sign me up. (laughs) (laughs) And seafood. Wow. Yeah. You you had it all right there. That's great. Good for you. Good for you. Well, you know, we hear a lot, Katie, about the impact of nutrition and diet on our physical well-being, right? Um, And we certainly have experienced the effects when it's not healthy. (laughs) But what what is the nutritional impact on how the brain functions and our mental well-being? 
Tell our listeners a little bit about that. Wow. Well, first of all, thank you for asking this question because there really is such a strong connection between what we eat and how we feel both mentally and emotionally. And one of my philosophies as a registered dietitian nutritionist is that food is really meant to be enjoyed. And I think sometimes when we're just focusing on physical health, we kind of lose track of that. Also, on the flip side, sometimes food, we use food to almost medicate ourselves or, you know, uh, try to um, play with our emotions. And so really there's a balance between those two, that enjoyment and that physical health and that mental health. And the thing that we'll talk about a lot today is that balance often requires kind of a daily check-in with how we're doing. And so really it's more of a broad spectrum and a broad approach to your entire health, not just, you know, what are these, um, you know, specific nutrients. Now, if you want me to go into some of the specifics with these connections, people are sometimes disappointed with my answer because I'm not here to tell you there are magical foods to make your brain function better. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great if we yeah, could just eat something and be, you know, be more cognitively with it? Gosh, some days I need that. So it's really more of an overall approach to eating that I think we can strive for. So there's some good news and some bad news. So uh, which one do you guys want the first? You want the good news or the bad news first? Bad news. Okay. <laughs> All right. Rip off the Band-Aid. Let's get it go. over Okay. With. So here's the bad news. Several studies show a potential correlation between a diet that's high in processed foods and mm -hmm. both depressive symptoms and anxiety. So this is where we're talking about this mental and emotional health. Now, when I say processed foods, what kinds of things do you guys think of? Frozen dinners. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love it. Frozen dinner. Okay. Yes. Like something you can pop in the microwave and in three minutes you have dinner. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, anything else when you think of processed food come to mind? Just packaged food. Packaged you know, food. Things out of a box. Yes, a out of a box. Um, a lot of times fast food. Now, all food we eat is processed, but what we're talking about is like ultra processed or highly processed. Now, mm -hmm. I'm not here to tell you you cannot eat those foods because let's also talk about my love affair with tortilla chips. But it's, again, it's about that balance, okay? So here's some other bad news. And this is the last of it. And then I promise we'll get on to the good news. We know that as Americans, we do not meet the established nutrient recommendations. We've got a lot of, and that's our job as dietitians, to know those recommendations, to know how what foods we can eat to get them, to help find ways to do that. But the reality is, is that when we look at our epidemiological data, we're just not meeting those nutrient recommendations, which tells us, in fact, that we are eating a lot of processed food. Now, here's a quick little stat for you. It's estimated that we eat approximately 150 pounds per person of sugar each year. Now, 
Yeah, that's a lot, right? And <laughs> um, we make, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm a contributor to this as well. But what we need to do is kind of make some sense of that and think about it in terms of our mental and emotional health. So are you ready for the good news? Yes. yes. Okay. You're like, come on, bring it on. Okay. Um, okay. So the good news is that on the flip side of seeing, you know, with the highly processed food, that relationship with depressive symptoms and anxiety, we see that a diet that's rich in whole foods does look to be protective against depression and anxiety. So whole foods that may or may not be something that our audience is familiar with. Um, so when you guys think of whole foods, um, do you guys have any ideas what comes to mind when we think of whole foods? Fruits and vegetables. Yes. Fruits and veggies. Yes. What else? Grains, whole grains, yes, lean meats, fish, nuts, seeds, legumes, things like that. Absolutely. So when we make our diets mostly about those whole foods and have that flip where it's not all highly processed, it's more of that whole foods. Now, here's the other good news. This is the really good news that I remind myself of every day, sometimes every meal, is that it doesn't <laughs> have to be perfect. Okay. Those fad diets that are out there, those crazy diets that are out there make you think that, oh, if I eat this way, this perfectly, I'll be healthy. But the reality is it's more of a lifestyle and an overall approach. So uh, we can talk about some specific foods. I think we'll save that for a little bit later. Um, and I can tell you some ideas of some specific foods that might actually be specifically helpful. How's that? Great. Great. Sounds great. So you're right in a line with, you know, Tracy and I always talk about dynamic balance. So we have to have dynamic balance with our diet too, right? A hundred percent. Yep. I love it. I love it. Well, Katie, we certainly know that the last 12 to 15 months have been extremely stressful. A lot of changes for every single human being <laughs> on the planet. <laughs> um, what have some of the COVID-19 impacts been um, as far as impacting people's diets and nutrition? What are the registered dietitians seeing out there? We want to know. Oof. <laughs> Not surprisingly, uh, spring 2020 specifically had a huge impact on nutrition. Unfortunately, a big impact was that we were actually eating more processed food. We were using food as stress relief in ways that we had not seen before. Um, I know that in my neighborhood, I saw DoorDash and uh, Uber Eats coming on the regular, right? And I think anytime we eat out, we're more prone to eating more processed foods. We also saw an increase in sugar consumption because we know that when we consume sugar, it provides a temporary and pretty powerful boost in serotonin. So making us have that, you know, feel good, um, happy feeling. But with that boost comes a crash. And so it's not really a sustainable way 
to manage our emotions. But the reality is, is that's what we did. A lot of people did with um, this pandemic. Now, don't tell me that. I don't want to hear that from you as I'm like, you know, spoon into the Ben and Jerry's, right? But again, <laughs> that's that's just what we were seeing. And I think a lot of people can kind of reflect on that and see, you know, how it was with them um, in their own um, particular way. Now, here's another funny or fun one that I saw um, with clients and also just with some of my friends. So a lot of folks uh, simply just ate more food because if you think about your colleagues who worked from home, a lot of folks don't have a home office. And where did they work from? Their kitchen table. What's the kitchen table close to? The pantry, the refrigerator. <laughs> Never have we been so close to food. And so, you know, people were saying, like, I don't know how to not go to the pantry as my coping mechanism, you know, whereas before I might walk down to a colleague's office and chit chat or whatnot. So it was just mm -hmm. simply that uh, change in um, the food environment. Okay. And here's one more that I think a lot of people can relate to is that we saw an uptick in alcohol consumption. I mean, that actually made a lot of headlines. And mm -hmm. um, I'm guessing that that, again, was as a coping mechanism for stress. And I, um, I think that's just something that we need to think about and look at because the dietary guidelines for Americans suggest that alcohol in moderation is good but that is one alcoholic beverage per day for women and two for men. And what we're seeing in the, in the data is that that was actually increased. So it's kind of maybe the elephant in the room, but as a dietitian, it's something that we got to think about and um, look at for our health. So those would be probably my big three. I'm sure we all have our own individual stories. And there are some people, some folks, one of the fun things that happened in my neighborhood is that folks started baking bread. And so I had friends bringing over like sourdough starters. And so we've got folks who maybe did a little bit more cooking at home. So it wasn't all bad, but those would be my kind of my big three. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. 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 It, it makes sense that you would see that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, looking to the food and the alcohol to rescue, right. From a situation that was, if maybe felt you didn't have any control over. Right. So yeah, I can, absolutely. I can certainly see that too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot going on there. Right. Well, you know, we work with healthcare leaders around, you know, having dynamic balance between their professional life, their personal life, you know, taking care of themselves and taking care of others. And, and oftentimes one of the action steps that comes up is they want to have a healthier diet or they want to eat more healthy. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of diets out there, right, Katie? <laughs> I mean, you know, so... How do you know what's healthy, right? Like, it's like you, you hear the latest fad. Oh, this is the new thing, right? And of course, we want instant gratification. <laughs> we want to have that magic bullet, right? That magic diet that's just going to shed all these pounds. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, I think everybody's been looking for that for a long time. It's kind of, you know, right out there with the fountain of youth. <laughs> but anyway, so can you tell us like, how do we know a healthy diet? And I think you've alluded to a little bit of this, right? Um, 
you know, so how would somebody know if it was healthy and what does it mean to have a healthy diet really? You know, I love that you asked this question and I love that your comment was that people are wanting to eat healthier because I really do think it starts there is having that desire to have what you're eating be a part of, like you said, the dynamic balance and kind of this holistic approach to health. But also if there were the magic bullet out there, we would have found it by now, right? So um, it's tempting, but I think again, it comes back to a healthy diet being one that's high in the whole foods that you love, okay? I don't want people eating, you know, food just for the sake of eating nutritious food. It has to be enjoyed. And so again, I want to, I want to stress that it doesn't have to be perfect. So give yourself that grace, but also check in and see why am I eating what I'm eating? Is this about, you know, is the spoon into the Ben and Jerry's about that I am, um, you know, really hungry right now or that I need something more emotionally that could be fulfilled in another way? Circling back to my key lime pie, sitting down with my whole family means that I really would have only one slice instead of maybe sneaking an extra one out of the refrigerator, right? Because we're enjoying our food and we're present with our food, right? And again, Mm -hmm. you can have those processed foods, just that balance between not having quite as much. Now, some specific foods would be foods that are high in omega-3 fatty acids that would be coming from things like salmon and walnuts and flax seeds and things like that. So if that's not something that's a part of your diet, it could be a good idea to just give it a try and start exploring what some of those foods might um, be like in your diet. We've also got to make sure that we're getting adequate, high quality protein and getting it spaced throughout the day. That's something that's kind of emerging, um, coming up and saying that we've got to have good quality protein throughout the day and good fats. Now, here's something else that's coming out in the nutrition research that I think is absolutely fascinating is the relationship. I know. Maybe I'm just the dietitian. get excited about this stuff. My kids are always like, mom, no one cares about fiber. I'm like, no, everyone should care about fiber. Okay. But here's what it is. The relationship between our gut health and our brain health, because we yes. know that our, we've got a connection between our guts and our, and our brains. And so what we can do for that is really focusing on, um, these uh, food compounds called prebiotics and probiotics. And you guys, I'm sure have heard of those. Your listeners have heard, heard of those, you know, but what does that look like when we're eating food? Well, that looks like, and this may sound scary, but fermented foods. So um, things like sauerkraut and kimchi, um, yogurt and um, kefir and, um, you know, different things that have those good bacteria and having good gut health, which is going to in turn potentially be good brain health. Now, There's a lot of research emerging in this area. So that's really, I can't get super specific with you and say, oh, here's how much kimchi you need to eat every day. (laughs) But 
um, just kind of, again, thinking about how we could incorporate some of these things into our um, overall diets. Okay. A couple of other things I wanted to say here. Number one, we've also got to acknowledge that for a lot of folks that COVID caused a financial strain on their lives, right? And so very often what that can look like, and maybe we're talking about, you know, our listeners, or maybe we're talking about the patients and the populations that your listeners care for is that food insecurity has been on the rise during COVID. And one of the things, one of the big parts is that we've got to recognize that frozen and canned fruits and veggies are okay. They're actually a great part. They're less expensive. You don't have to get out there and start eating all this organic expensive produce. Okay. And so I'm um, just kind of thinking about that. It's okay to meet these um, whole foods through some more like canned or frozen. Okay. And so I think we just need to acknowledge that. And then again, you've already said it, don't get sucked into the trendy diets. Okay. Yeah. Cause really they just, yeah what we know is that folks get on crash diets, they don't work, they get off of them and we really don't end up anywhere healthier. So that's really probably my, my take home message on that one. Yeah. All right. So I, I got to sneak in another question here. Sure. What, sure. what do you, what is your thoughts as a dietitian on intermittent fasting? Oh, uh, great question. Also a very interesting that's a big area. thing right now. It is. And you know, one of the things, and this is always one that my students love to write research papers about, and I love it when they do, because then I get to like be up and up on the latest research. So, um, you know, there's really no hard or fast answer here yet, as far as, you know, is there a standard for uh, how often we should be fasting? Um, you know, how long should it be? Should we just be fasting from food? You know, you know, what exactly does this look like? But there is some promising research for some folks that um, intermittent fast, intermittent fasting could be th good for things like blood sugar control, etc. So um, I'm giving you kind of a broad based answer here. I'm not going to tell you that it's bad. Um, but you probably want to talk to a registered dietitian, talk to, you know, work with your physician on whether or not this is something that you'd be interested in. Um, and that would be healthy for you. Um, now, personally, intermittent fasting has never worked for me because I like I, I love to eat. I could not, um, <laughs> you don't want to be around me if I'm fasting. I'm not, not very friendly. So that circles back to, is this a healthy diet for you? It's not a healthy diet if nobody wants to be around you because you're hungry. Um, so you're hangry, you're hangry, you get yes, hangry. Exactly. Angry. Exactly. Yep. Great question. <laughs> That is a oh, great thanks. question because Tracy's right. We, you hear more and more about that as well, you know, and I think it's really important for us to all keep our eyes and ears out on what's coming out with the gut health, brain health, because that's fascinating research and something for us all to pay attention to for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Hi, it's Michelle, and we're going to stop and get right back to this episode in our conversation with Dr. Katie Elliott. We wanted to stop here and let you know we are hearing from healthcare leaders from all over the country about how exhausted they are as they enter another COVID-19 surge and with limited resources this time around. That is the reason we have quickly transitioned our Ultimate Dynamic Balance Bootcamp to the Leadership Survival Bootcamp. Yes, you heard me right. 
These times call for a survival strategy that will get you through the next six months and enable you to be resilient, feel healthy, and have impact. Go over to missinglogic.com forward slash new dash events to learn more and register now. Well, you know, Katie, we've already talked a little bit about how Trace and I are all about dynamic balance, and we know that there needs to be a selective yet balanced approach to our nutrition in order to achieve that ultimate state of well-being. Um, what tips do you have for our listeners on managing their state of well-being and their mood with food? <laughs> what a great question. And you know, I've been a dietitian, it'll be 19 years in August, and I've really been saying this kind of my whole career is that we've got to plan ahead. You've got to have an idea of what healthy foods you want to have on hand so that you're less tempted to stress eat those highly processed foods. And again, I'm not saying you can't have the Ben and Jerry's. I have been on TV shows saying dark chocolate is a healthy, sweet treat, and it actually is. So it's not that um, those things can't be in your house and in your food environment. But again, get out that grocery list, plan ahead, and so that you've got those um, healthy foods on hand. Here's the other thing that I think is really important to the conversation about nutrition, and this is where that term balance really comes back into play. You've got to get enough sleep. You know, why is a dietitian talking about sleep? Do I need to stay in my lane? This is my lane because so much research shows us that when we are sleep deprived, that we eat more poorly, we don't make good choices, uh, we don't get those hormones refreshed in our body that help control our appetite, that um, help us make those good choices. And so getting enough sleep is hugely important. And the other thing, really the trifecta, is moving your body in ways that you enjoy. I'm not saying you gotta, you know, start CrossFit or marathon training. I'm, but I am saying you got to get up out of the chair <laughs> and do something that you enjoy. And maybe right now, now that, you know, um, things are opening back up with other folks, if you can safely do so, because I think again, that has so much to do with our mood. So if you can find those things, or if you've got a pet that you can walk just get out there if if you've got a safe place to do so. So, you know, really planning ahead, getting good sleep, and moving your body in ways that you enjoy, okay, that make you feel good about your body and about who you are. And I think those are some excellent, excellent first steps on keeping that dynamic balance. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that, those are great tips. It's actually, you know, we always say, you know, sometimes you're not seeing the whole picture. And so you're really just tying. It's not just about diet. It's definitely impacted by your sleep and your movements and everything's connected, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, And I have, I have, uh, you know, my secret weapon is I send my husband to the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I have to do the grocery shopping, I'm tempted to pick up the not so you know, good. I don't and pick definitely up the don't go to the grocery store hungry because you know what happens then. The food starts yes. talking to you, like literally says your name, like the donuts are screaming my name. Yes, I know. Uh, I know. It's really 
challenging. But so I think in the planning ahead, it's not just having for me, it's not just having, you know, those whole foods, but it's not having the other foods. Yep. So if I don't have it here, I'm not eating it. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah. Exactly. That, that really helps me when I plan that way. And, and tapping in, Tracy, I love that you're saying this is what helps me because it's not going to be the same for every person. That's why these fad right. diets, I, I, they don't work is because at, we are all so unique and so different. And, you know, you mentioned your husband, like we have family dynamics. We've got other people that we're in community with. And so yeah. I think tapping into those things, Tracy, like you said, I know that this is what's that works well for me. And sometimes we can stray away from that. And so we just need to come back in and check in with ourselves and check in with our people. So, yeah. 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 Well, and I think too, you know, one of the things that, that we encourage, you know, our, the healthcare leaders that we work with is a lot of reflection, right? Like every week. Mm -hmm. So how am I doing with this? Mm -hmm. Like if I have healthy eating on my list of actions, how am I doing with it? Right. And I, I love that you brought up, you know, sometimes you got to just reflect, Mm-hmm. Like, why am I, why do I want the Ben and Jerry's right now? Why am I, why am I wanting to eat that whole bag of tortilla chips? <laughs> Where's that coming from? Right. Where is that exactly. coming from? Exactly. Yeah. 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 So I think it's just knowing yourself, knowing the reflecting on that stuff. I think that's just really important. Oh, it's just so awesome. And I just love the way you deliver your message. You know, you just have so much energy and it just makes so much sense. And it's just lovely to be with you. Now, things have changed a little bit since we were with you last time. And, uh, you know, we have some new things that we do at the end of our episode. And they're called the missing questions, Katie. So we're going to ask you a few questions now. There is, you don't have to have a degree in rocket science, okay? okay this good, is just, gonna... I wasn't nervous till right now. <laughs> no, no, nothing to be nervous about. Just, you know, we get to know you as a professional and all your expertise in that realm. So we'd like to just have our listeners get to know you as a person a little bit oh, and great. some, okay. you know, just some things about you mm-hmm. and, and uh, how you roll, Katie. Okay. So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions and then Michelle's going to ask you a couple of questions. Okay. Great. Just answer from your heart. Just whatever right. comes to you. Okay. Let's do it. So the first question is, um, you know, grit is one of the outcomes mm-hmm. from when we work with healthcare leaders with our dynamic balance effect. And one of the outcomes they get is they get more gritty. So we wanted to know from you, like share one of your most gritty moments in your life. Oh my goodness. Okay. So I told you I wasn't going to talk about this, but now I'm going to have to. So um, I was diagnosed with uh, breast cancer back in February. And as you know, from my previous uh, interview, I'm a marathon runner and my doctor, my whole team, and I talked about what are your goals? And my goal was, I am not going to stop running. And so I've been running. I did a half marathon after my second dose of some really nasty chemo. And my whole team is behind me running the Oklahoma City Marathon on October 3rd. So uh, it's been not real pretty, but it's been gritty. So, um, (laughs) yeah. And you can even see in my background, uh, some friends framed a picture of me uh, with my, my bald head, but running a half marathon. Yep. Ah, oh, that's just awesome. Amazing, Katie. Amazing. It is. It is Thanks. amazing. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely gritty. Definitely yes, gritty. Definitely. Okay. One more question. 
Who saw potential in you before you saw potential in yourself? I love this question because really I would not be where I am professionally or personally if it weren't for my mentors. In fact, an exciting little tidbit is that on July 1st, I will start my new um, promotion to associate professor. And there's no way that I could have been here without an incredible team of folks cheering me on, leading me. But that first person I truly believe was Dr. Alan Kinehans, who uh, we call him the beloved Dr. K at the University of Oklahoma Health Sciences Center, was my thesis mentor and really said, this girl's going somewhere. And uh, we stayed in touch. And then I had the joy of getting to work for him for a couple of years before he retired in uh, January. And I know that you guys uh, met uh, Dr. K as well a couple of months ago. And so, you know, really, I think it's that he saw potential in me and people have seen potential in me when I didn't even see it myself. So gosh, uh, thanks so much to him. And I'll have to share this with him so he can listen to it. Yeah. Uh, Congratulations. Yes. And your promotion. How exciting. Yeah. Yeah. That's very exciting. Yeah. For you. Okay, Katie, I'm going to ask you a couple questions now. Um, The first one is, what do you do to keep yourself balanced? You know, Michelle, that's a great question because, and I think that's why, in part, I was so comfortable with talking about the recommendations for planning ahead, getting good sleep, and moving my body because that's really what I, I have lived by. And honestly, I think that's what... Um, keeps me feeling good and being able to be present for my people. Um, and when I say my people, it's my family, it's my coworkers, it's my students, all the things that I am called um, to do. And so um, when one of those gets out of whack, like out of balance, I can tell. And so then it is time to like check in and uh, recharge and reflect on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, what a great role model you are. <laughs> <laughs> really, yeah. and I don't That's do it so perfectly. Great. That's also why. Well, I was none of us, none, none of us do. Yeah, <laughs> I was real comfortable with saying we give some grace. <laughs> yes, That's right. yes, absolutely. Right. Well, we always like to close with a question about um, polarities. So, one of the principles of polarities, as you know, Katie, is all of us have a preference pole, right? So we all understand, you know how polarities work and that they're both important and, and both, you know, approach, but all of us have a preference poll. So I'm going to share a polarity with you and I want you to tell our mm-hmm. listeners and us what your preference poll is. Okay. Ready? Yes. Okay. Self and other. Self and other, like taking care of myself versus taking care of other people. Okay. I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer here, but I would say self. I'm super good about taking care (laughs) of myself because you know I'm a huge fan of the quadruple aim and of putting on the oxygen mask and taking care of myself as a way of taking care of other people. And I almost feel a little guilty saying that because, you know, I'm a mom, I'm a spouse, I'm a colleague, but I got to take care of, I got to do the things first. So yep. uh, 
That's the perfect answer. That's what we're trying to help people understand, right? Okay. There's nothing I to feel, feel like guilty about. I right answer was other people. <laughs> no. It's, well, probably I think, the, it's probably the most common answer, mm -hmm. but it's, it's not necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. It's what's ingrained in us, right? It's a belief we have as, as women, mothers, mm -hmm. healthcare clinicians, yeah. right? It's all about the other. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's what we're just trying to help people realize too is you don't neglect yourself. I mean, you can't pour from an empty cup, right? You oh, you, can. you can't give to others if you don't give to yourself first. And it's not selfish. And I haven't always done a great job of it, and so I think you know now that I can reflect on when am I available to people the most? It's when I've done the, I've gotten good sleep, I've exercised, and I've yeah. eaten well. Yeah, yeah. So. Wow. Awesome. Awesome answer. Yes. Right. Love it. That's it. No more missing questions. <laughs> Woo! Okay. That last one was hard. Do you know what I thought you were going to ask me? I thought you were going to ask me salty or sweet. <laughs> so that would have been oh, yeah. that's great. That's, that's great. definitely a both and. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But also sweet for me. So yeah, there you yeah. go. Oh, wow, yeah. goodness. Uh, thank well, you, guys. Katie, thank, yeah, thank you. It is just a joy uh, to be with you. Just a joy. And I um, always learn so much. And uh, I, I agree with Tracy. Just love the way you deliver your passion. And, um, you know, congratulations on your 19 years and your promotion. And we've learned a lot of new things today. So thank you. We awesome. Did. Thank you guys. Yeah. I learned new things uh, from you and get a lot of joy from uh, being with you ladies. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You rock. You rock. You do. Can't wait to have you back again. Awesome. <laughs> Any right. closing thank comments before we end our session? You know, um, Tracy said, I can't wait to be with you again. And instantly my mind went to, Ooh, what could we talk about next? So, um, you know, I think that's the fun part about being in these, uh, interprofessional relationships as colleagues and, and now friends is, uh, really let's think about, uh, some other fun things we can do and fun ways um, to get out there. And you guys just keep on doing the great work that you're doing and being those uh, shining stars who are lifting up healthcare professionals and leaders when we need it the most. So yeah. Yeah. just kudos to you. Oh, Thanks. thank you, Katie. Thank you. And that's a wrap, folks, for another Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast. And uh, we will see you next time. Yeah. Stay healthy. Stay safe. See you later. enjoyed this episode of Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast, now a top-rated podcast for healthcare leaders. Please share this podcast with other healthcare leaders and anyone else you think would benefit. We are certain that if you found value in it, they will too. If you haven't already done so, please hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes. And also, it would mean the world to us if you took a quick moment to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast player. It helps to get the word out about our podcast and incredible guests. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel if you want to watch our podcasts. You can also follow us on our Missing Logic social media channels, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Until next time.